0: Athlon Sports predicts that NC State football will finish in the bottom half of the ACC. Keep sleeping. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Wolfpack Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Wolfpack, free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm Grayson Boone. Joining me is Kenton Gibbs. And Kenton, today we're going to be talking about another preseason outlook. Uh, we're you know, in preseason prediction season, as we've mentioned on here several times before. Uh, this one coming from Athlon Sports. What they did is they took all 14 teams in the ACC and predicted their record, not just overall, but in conference as well. And uh, you might find it interesting that they have NC State finishing in the bottom half of the ACC, that, that being in eighth place out of 14. Uh, I'll just rattle off uh, what they have here. Number one, they have Florida State going 11-2. and two. Seven and one in conference, Clemson two, uh, going 10 and three, six and two in conference. Number three, they have UNC at eight and four, five and three in conference. Number four, they have Miami going eight and four, also five and three in conference. They have Duke at five, also going eight and four, five and three in conference. Pittsburgh at six, also going eight and four, five and three in conference. I think there's a lot of discussion in there. Louisville, they have going seven and five, five and three in conference. The eighth spot, they have NC State going seven and five with four and four in conference. And then nine through 14, they have Wake Forest, Syracuse, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Boston College, and Virginia. Kenton, NC State's not going seven and five. They're going eight and four and above. Let's discuss. What are your thoughts?
1: I. I think that this list is hilarious and for a reason that is very close to the heart for me that I've been screaming about for quite some time. People think that we make fun of the Coastal or that we believe the Coastal was bad just from like, oh, they don't play anybody. They don't have big brand names. The Coastal was really just bad last year. North Carolina, who represented the Coastal? Ran through that division basically. They had it locked up by what week 10 or so. At least. yeah. It was like, oh, just don't lose any games that you shouldn't, and you'll be okay here. Which, by the way, they lost a little Ben Finley. Shout out to NC State legend Ben Finley. But anywho, uh, with that being said, I I I don't get the buzz around these coastal teams. A North Carolina team that has to completely retool its uh its defensive backfield is predicted to be the same as they were last year, if not better. Miami, I get why people are saying that they're going to be better. But, I mean, we've seen out of Miami lots of years of, hey, we've got the talent. We've got first-round draft pick. we got these guys. And they can never quite string it together. Duke, I said that Duke did catch people off guard last year. But, again, that's a, that's a team that I don't think if they're in the Atlantic, they shock the world like they did last year. I just I just don't. I don't see a world where I mean, and even outside of um outside of the the coastal last year, their schedule was incredibly easy. A one or two win, what was it, three-win Northwestern team, Temple team in there that was the same three or four wins or as a group of five team? Like there are lots of teams on here. I think Pitt has a legitimate case to say they could go eight and four. I think they have an argument there. They have a a much better quarterback than what they've had. Uh, at post Kenny Pickett, and that defense, anytime Narduzzi is coaching the defense, they're going to be good. But the rest of these, I don't get it. And Louisville, I, I really – that's another one. Where are y'all getting this from? Like, I, I get that everybody loves Brown, but I just don't get it. And so with that being said, somebody has to make up for that windfall of uh wins that, that those teams are going to – put out, and well, North Carolina, is the team that NC State has to play, Duke is the team that NC State has to play, and I believe we play Miami next year as well? We do. Uh, yeah, so uh, if you soak up three wins off of those teams and add them on in the NC State's total, you're looking at, you know, 10 wins. I think that's a little ambitious, but even still, I think we can get there. I think, again, these, these coastal teams are not head and shoulders I, I would say that it's very clear. It's going to become very clear this year that there's a delineation between the two.
0: Yeah, you know, I that's kind of the angle I was going to take on this, too. I thought it's interesting that, you know, in this being the first year that we have a fully implemented conference here, uh, absence of the divisions, they seemingly have a lot of coastal teams being favored here in the top half of the division. Like, you have a North Carolina at three, Miami at four, Duke at five, Pittsburgh at six. I just... I don't see that. I, I I'm not sure where they're kind of conjuring these predictions out of here because you know just looking at UNC Miami. Uh, actually, we don't play Pitt, but we have UNC Miami. We got Duke on the road. UNC Miami are home games for NC State, and they're both very winnable. I I believe um, we have Louisville at home as well. Wake on the road. Uh, I think we got Georgia Tech, not Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech on the road in the bottom half, but a lot of these teams on here, I I'm still seeing a favorable matchup for NC state. And so it's just, it's very head scratching to see a Duke, um, you know, a full, a full game ahead of us um, or even a Miami. I mean, I don't think like you mentioned, Kenton, Miami really hasn't proved anything to suspect that they're going to have, you know, a decent ish year low on their standards, but good for what they've done recently. What, what are we seeing that Miami and Duke, are going to finish head and shoulders above NC State here. I, I just don't see it.
1: But, but I'll, I'll tell you, your code open was perfect because keep sleeping. Keep sleeping. Keep telling NC State what we are because that's when we play our best ball. You pick us to finish eighth. When when everybody named Mama knows that this team has better talent than the eighth best team in this conference, if you're just going man for man. But then when you combine that with uh, coaching of a Tony Gibson, you combine that with player development of a Dave Dorn, of a, a Th- Antonio Thunder Burnett, keeps, yeah, yeah, sure. We'll finish eight. Uh, let's go lower. We'll finish 12th. Do it. Do it, it, tough guys.
0: It's the same storyline when we talked about the betting lines, had, has us at six and a half over under wins. Another projection, like just like this one, has us at seven wins, a couple of questionable teams finishing ahead of us. You know, I, I use the quote a lot from Joe Gillio when he says, with NC State, when you expect the least, that is when you tend to get the most. And again, I'll, I'll say it until I'm blue in the face, until we kick off against UConn. This team is going to surprise a lot of people, and we're going to finish higher than eighth. I would project us probably anywhere between four and sixth. That's how, that's how good I think this team can be this year, if all the parts fit into place where we see them fitting in. You know, we, we talk a lot about Brennan Armstrong and Coach I running this brand-new offense and bringing a lot of excitement into the offense at NC State, something we've had a lack of these past couple seasons. I'm perfectly fine with people sleeping on us, and then we will shock them when the time comes when we get on the field in the fall.
1: Absolutely. And and not only that, you know, I talked about the other team schedules and how everything shook out. Uh, for them, but if I look at NC State's schedule and I say, okay, when I'm looking at our schedule, do I see or would I say that the uh, the schedule makers did us any favors with this thing or, or did we get a, a climb where you're looking up and scratch your head saying that's a tough role? And with that being said, I think, honestly, we got a lot of favors out of this thing. We got a lot of like, you know, everybody's talking about Louisville is going to be a team to surprise a lot of folks next year. Well, thank God you got Virginia before him. I mean, that's that's just the reality of what you're looking at there. We talk about Notre Dame and say, hey, Sam Hartman was the heart, the soul, the engine, the everything for that Wake Forest team. Well, that's fine, but thank God you got a UConn team that you blew the doors off of last year before them uh, with Clemson. Or actually, you go before Clemson and say with Duke, you have Marshall at home before Duke, and then you have Clemson after playing Duke at home. By the way, oh, I'm sorry, you're going on the road to play Duke, but it's in Durham. It's in Durham, folks. And last time I checked, there's there's a the the airport is called the what now? What is it? it the the area is referred to as the RDU. What do those letters mean? What is it? Raleigh Durham. Raleigh-Durham, right. That's how close these cities are to one another. So, like, it's not a true road game by any stretch of the imagination there. And then um, the, you know, playing Miami coming off Clemson may be a little tough. But then after that, you have Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, and North Carolina. You You were given some favors here. And you need to take advantage of a favorable schedule.
0: Yeah. Favorable or not. I mean, maybe don't ask Mac Brown, who's being favored in the conference, but (laughs) favorable or not. Keep sleeping on us. Keep Keep sleeping sleeping. on us. I I promise you we will surprise you if you do so. But something that you should not be sleeping on is FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get up to 10 times back your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Bet just $20 and you'll land $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting on anything from the money line to the over-under to whoever you think is going to hit a home run. Maybe it's Shohei Shohei Otani again. Maybe it's twice in one game again. This is all coming on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on the MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. So Ken and I also want to talk about, um, you know, we've been seeing a lot of recent clips of Jacob Kozart leaving the yard uh, wearing a Team USA uniform. This, of course, is The uh, exhibitions that were going on for the collegiate national team before they formulate and play some international exhibitions beginning next week. But basically how they do it is it is by invite They invite. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but they invite some of the premier names in college baseball to come essentially try out for about four to five days right here in Cary, North Carolina uh, at the USA Baseball Complex. Um, and they run these exhibitions, big inner squad scrimmages for lack of better terms, um, for these top players. And then they, well, at least it's supposed to be on performance, which I'll talk about in just a second, but they finalize a roster and then they play exhibitions against teams like Taiwan, Japan, and whatever have you. It's, it's good exposure for these, uh, premier names in college baseball, not just, you know, to wear USA across your chest, but. You're playing against some of the best competitions in the world, you know. further sharpening your own skills that you can take back to school with you um, next spring. Of course, the two invitees from NC State this year were catcher Jacob Cozart and pitcher Dom Fritton. Neither of them have made the, uh, the finalized roster. I'm not even sure Dom Fritton had the opportunity to throw um, this past week, but Jacob Cozart, as I mentioned, in four exhibition games, he hit three home runs, seven RBIs. I believe he led his team. He was like second in average, first in home runs, first in RBIs. He threw a he threw a runner out second base. Very easy, uh, you know. Not comparison. What's the word? A very easy a um,
1: a wow. very easy choice. A very easy decision. Very a easy option.
0: Seemingly, seemingly would be a very easy choice. Uh, however, Cozart was snubbed. As it was announced today, uh, the two catchers that made the national team are Malcolm Moore from Stanford and Ryan Stafford from Cal Poly. Now, worth noting here, the Team USA manager is Larry Lee. Kenton, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Coach Lee, he's the head coach at Cal Poly. <gasps> Do I smell a Nepo baby?
1: Oh, oh, you're. It, let me tell you something. If you could smell what The Rock was cooking, if you can smell the trash, if you don't have COVID and your sense of smell is intact, congratulations. You, Of course you can smell a nepo baby here. That ball was jumping off of Daniel Kozart's bat. Do you understand Jacob. me? Jacob. I'm sorry, Jacob Kozart's bat. That ball was jumping off of that young man's bat. It was, you know, I'm sure they had to check that thing to see if it had a coil in it or something because every time he made contact, it was loud it was thunderous and normally it was gone so with that being said I mean to me I don't understand how it's supposed to be merit-based if like if you already have your guys then why bring the extras you see what I'm saying like if it's if it's a situation where performance doesn't matter bring in the guys that you want and rock out with that because when you bring guys in under the guise of hey, this is going to be merit-based. This is going to be about who plays the game the best, who does things the right way of all the guys here. Even if you said that Jacob was starting behind the eight ball, look at what he did. That, like, it, objectively speaking, even if you said, hey, man, you're, you know, right now we're only taking two and you're the third, and you'd have to do a lot to catch the two guys in front of you. Uh I that. In track terms, he walked them down. He walked them boys down. So, you know, that's, that's just my personal opinion there. But I, I, I think it's really unfortunate how this all shook out in the end.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the thought I basically shared on Twitter after this uh, went public today was, you know, to not have Kozart on the roster, it, then what was the point of the scrimmages? It, 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 yeah. it, it felt like the, the point of the entire point of these scrimmages was to, it was an effective tryout. The best players, the best performances would then make the team. Hello, three home runs, seven RBIs. You know, his, his strikeout rate was high, which a lot of people have pointed out. And it is true. He did strike out, um, you know, a lot in four games, but the run production was also high. So I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe coach Lee from Cal Poly has a different value system uh, in his catchers, but, just It's just disappointing because this would be such a good opportunity, um, again, not just for Jacob, but another, another situation similar to like a TreQuavion Smith in the NBA draft. It's good representation for our program, you know, landing mm-hmm. a player on the collegiate national team. That's great representation for NC State baseball. I remember back in 2021 um, when Coach Avent was a coach that summer, we had Sam Highfill and Chris Villeman on that summer team. And you know it was it was so cool to see those guys playing against a team like Japan in the middle of the summer, representing their country as some of the best college players um, in the United States. And I do believe that Jacob Cozart is one of the best catchers in, in the country, and he certainly deserved to be on this team. So it's it's a crying shame that he is not able to be on this team. But at the very least, if this serves as any type of fuel. For a big-time draft year coming up for Jacob Cozart, his junior year, maybe it's a silver lining here. Maybe he'll just go absolutely crazy next year, and we won't have to worry about this.
1: You know, I I think the most interesting thing about the whole strikeout rate deal, and maybe I'm wrong here, so correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not the baseball guy. That's your domain. But, like, what was the problem? Was, was it to the point where he was, like, leaving runners stranded, and they were like, hey, but, and he's like, nah, I'm going yard. Like, that's that's what I'm going to do here. Like, I, I genuinely don't understand it. I mean, and again, I get if somebody's not playing team ball, they don't want to cooperate, right? We've seen that with, with Team USA in basketball, where we were immensely more times than everybody else and took home a bronze for, like, the first time ever since uh, since the, the NBA allowed players to play because people didn't want to follow the program. But is there anything like that? Is there reports like that coming out, or is it just like, yeah, you had a high strikeout rate, but also... You know, he was knocking that thing over the fence a lot as well.
0: I, I mean, yeah, I'm not so much sure that there's a negative to take from the strikeout rate because you got to remember these are some of the best underclassmen pitchers in the country, right. and so yeah, I mean, it's not like he's striking out against some random, some random Joe Schmoes out there, but you know, the the strikeout rate, I guess, the best comparison here would be kind of like a John Carlos Stanton in that Cozart was essentially hitting a home run or striking out. And then there was really no in between, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. Maybe that was uh, the end all be all, but I certainly think that uh, you know the the power numbers were there, the run production was there, and in the end, that should have been enough uh, for Cozart to represent the U.S. this summer.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know what, rom com Dom, you've got more time, baby. You've got plenty of time to come on back and get this thing another crack. But I'll tell you what. That is a, a young man who has been in the biggest situations in such an early stage of his career. Oh, I can't wait to see what he blossoms into, what the the full uh, Dom Fritten experience turns out to be. Because, again, I, I, for one, have fallen for rom-com, Dom. I'll tell you that right now.
0: Haven't, haven't we all at this point? Haven't we all? Stick around, folks. We'll finish this thing up in just a second after a quick word from our sponsors. All right, now some football recruiting news here. Uh, I did see, uh, unfortunately, on Thursday afternoon that one of our wide receiving targets has chosen a different school within the state of North Carolina of the light blue variation. This is, of course, is Keenan Jackson um, has been high on NC State's recruiting board. I wouldn't exactly say he was in the top three wide receiving uh, talents that we've been looking at, but. Still nonetheless, um it hurts to I guess lose out on one of the prospects that we were evaluating, but I guess maybe even more so to lose out to your arch rival down the street here, but Kenton, are you discouraged uh with Keenan Jackson taking his talents to Chapel Hill?
1: No. Not at all. I mean, objectively speaking, you're not going to win every recruiting battle. Yeah. And even beyond that, okay. I mean, don't get me wrong, <laughs> kid Keenan Jackson's cool. I, I love big body receivers. Great. I mean, like, very seriously. And here's the thing. Are we going to land everybody that we talk about in the show?
0: No, it's impossible. You can't do that. Yeah,
1: exactly. I don't know. We might be a good only. You know what I mean? We might be the minute we speak it into exact. But that's neither here nor there. The reality is, I mean, I'm. Kenan Jackson, is, again, he's cool, but he's not a guy that I was, like, jumping up and down when I saw him. like, oh, my God, he's one of those ones. He's different. It was like, oh, he's a good player. That's cool. So, you know, I mean, hey, everybody's got to go somewhere. Congratulations to him. Uh, I wish him all the best of luck everywhere, you know, everywhere he goes, except for when the guys from Ridden Ride are coming into town or when he's coming into Raleigh. But that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, I, I did see on a lighter note that uh, Terrell Anderson, who is one of those top three wide receivers that we've been assessing, uh, he picked up a crystal ball to NC State. Of course, his college decision will be coming here in the next few weeks. Um, and then we're also sort of waiting in the wings for Alex Taylor and Jonathan Payler to announce where they will be taking their talents as well. But you, you certainly hope that some kind of package deal could come with landing a guy like a Terrell Anderson. Um, as the three receivers I just mentioned, they're they're very tight knit. They do a lot of the uh, these official visits together. They're often working out together in the offseason as well. So, if there's any sort of package deal that we could get Terrell to you know step up and work out for us, hey, a two for one. I see. Give, Ken that, motioning give me that two
1: for one. Give me that two for one. I'm leaving with something. Okay. I'm from around the way. <laughs> I'm from I'm around the way. From around Believe the way. No, no, but I a hundred percent agree. Um, and you know, good players won't play with each other. That's the reality. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the deal here. Uh, and, and if you see a situation where like these receivers are starting to realize, you know, with what's going on up at Ohio state, right. You look at all the guys they have that's going to lead year after year after year in terms of their receiving room. And why is that? It's because they're so deep. It's because they have so many guys who do you double? Oh yeah. We'll, we'll shut down this guy. Okay. Well then you've got another guy that you've got to worry about who can give you one fifty. Well, well now you're, you're in a bind because you want to go man up across the board and, and that's not going to work out. So now you say, well, well, okay, we're going to give it to him in zone, but now you've got, again, you've got a bunch of star guys that now, regardless of what type of zone you play, every zone leaves some type of hole or weakness in it. And you know, the softer your zone the more holes underneath and vice versa if you tighten up that zone the more holes you'll have over the top so you know it, it's 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 a it's a very simple strategy of these players know if i go play with other good receivers i'll find ways to catch all the balls i need to and have the ability to be a, a star and all that but not be the sole star to where everybody's looking at me all the time to where everybody knows the ball is coming to me, and that's all there is to it. Yeah.
0: So absolutely something to keep our eyes on here in the coming weeks, potentially a couple game-changing wide receivers that we hope to land here as we continue to change our program culture and compete a lot of uh, what we talked about in the NIL episode uh, previously recorded. It's important to get these humongous athletes in here, develop them, and not just raise our ceiling, but raise you know, individual athletes' ceiling as well and get more representation into the NFL. It's all connected. It's all an interwoven web, uh, if you will. But certainly some exciting potential uh, recruits coming down the line for NC State. That will do it uh, for our first episode here on Friday. We will be re- releasing another episode Friday evening, so please be on the lookout for that. Um, but thank you all for listening. As always, toss us a like. Toss some comments. Tell us why you think, uh, you know, maybe a seven to five record is underselling what this football team can do here in 2023. Or maybe you agree. Maybe I was about you, to
1: say, maybe you agree. or think it's overselling. Tell us.
0: Yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend to hit that subscribe button. I believe we're teetering on 350. If we can hit that mark and then continue on going, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of extra content coming your way, coming from us. So. As always, thank you, and uh, go Pack.
1: Go Pack.